Welcome to Living Intentionally with Elizabeth. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I'm inviting you to join me on a journey to find total wellness in mind, body, and spirit, as well as unbecoming anything that we're not in order to embody who we truly are. Each episode focuses on one specific area, and the goal is to provide thought-provoking ideas as well as easy-to-implement practices that you can start today. This is a place for compassionate self-development, and I am so happy to have you here with me. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um... Up next, I have an amazing conversation with Jared Schuster. He shares his incredible story with us, um, you know, how he got to where he is today as a certified life coach. Uh, he talks about his brand, Sparks of Consciousness, uh, which is an incredible phrase. He goes into what that means to him, how you can um, experience Sparks of Consciousness yourself, we talk about manifestation, spirituality, connecting with nature. Um, we talk surfing and bears and bikes, um, among many other things. So I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. He just has so much wisdom that he shares. And um, I guess without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to the conversation. So here we go. Hello. Hello. Hi, Jared. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Elizabeth with an S. It's so <laughs> great to be here. That's awesome. Thank you for joining me. I hope we can just maybe jump right in. Um, maybe by giving the listeners a bit of your background, I think you have like a really incredible story. So go as far back into as much detail as you'd like. Absolutely. Well, First off, uh, hopefully throughout our recording today, we will be providing a lot of insight for the, for every listener out there on how to live a more intentional life. That is my purpose mm. for joining you today. So jumping right in, a little bit about my story. Uh, as you said, my name is Jared Schuster. I have been on quite the journey, so to say, in my life. Not much different than other people's, but also very different than a lot of people's. <laughs> My journey starts kind of when I was about six years old. Uh, I had lost my father to the AIDS virus. It was kind of the first pandemic that my family had to, to navigate and live through. For me, at such a young age, it was very hard for me to kind of process and cope with that trauma of losing my dad. And as great of a job as my mother did, there was always just something inside of me that was left with a lot of questions, but I wasn't strapped with the right tools or skills on how to really answer those questions or even address them. So for me, it was really a search outside of myself for many years. And for me, it, my coping mechanism was, was money. I learned at a very young age that I had an ability to make money and hustle and create businesses. And age seven, I started my first business selling stationary door to door. I was hustling and buying juice boxes and candy bars and selling them at school. Uh, at 13, I had my first, what you would call a real job. I was working at a Chinese takeout restaurant that really sparked my passion for food and culinary arts. And I followed this path for quite some time. 
I went to a, a really uh, well-respected university here in the States and got my degree in business and marketing. And I was just setting myself up for more of the conventional life. It was always chasing success. I was going to have the business degree, get the good job, make a bunch of money, have a big house, all the toys, and I would be happy. That's, that's kind of what I sold myself on. So graduating school, I graduated in the height of the recession and back in 2010. And I had worked my whole life with the promise of get good grades to get a good job. And at the time, there was no jobs. So thanks to the networking skills and the background that I had, I just really reached out to my network and started interviewing my senior year, junior and senior year. And over the course of those two years, companies flew me all around the country and spent close to $15,000 whining and dining me. And none of the organizations quite checked the box. They weren't really what I was seeking until my last interview. And so I'm from the Midwest, born and raised Chicago, Illinois. And then my university, I studied at Purdue, and that's in Indiana. And growing up, I had never been west of Colorado. Colorado to me was always Mecca. That's where I wanted to go when I, when I graduated from school. I loved the outdoor lifestyle on the mountains. So the last company that interviewed me flew me out to Los Angeles. And I had never been to California. And the second I got off that plane, I didn't even care what the company was all about. It was just, I'm home. I have the mountains. I have the ocean. Absolutely. This, this, I, whatever this job is, I need to take it. It's going to get me out of my comfort zone and help me start the life that I really want to live. So I interviewed, and luckily enough, I was offered a job for a work, worked for an education startup. Uh, about... Eight months into the job, I had learned how to surf. And surfing for me was my first pure, raw connection to Mother Nature. I had never experienced anything like it. And then about a month later, when I say I caught, officially caught my first wave, I went into work one day, and it was as if the walls were closing in on me. It was this feeling of the excitement had worn off, the honeymoon period was gone, and it was more... It was burnout. It was this reflection of, I don't want to do this every day for the next 40 years of my life. I don't want to be putting all this energy and effort towards someone else's goal or dream. I want to start living my own dreams. And big one of those was, well, I just learned how to surf. I want to be able to do this every day. And working a conventional corporate job doesn't allow me the opportunity to get in the ocean every day. So after nine months, I, I decided to leave that job. And that's where I say my story really started evolving. And like I said a few minutes ago, I was very attracted to money and success. And I really needed to learn a lot of lessons around what that meant, especially as an adult. So the next job that I took uh, led me to work in Malibu, California. And for those of you who are listening, might know of Malibu as home to our world's rich and famous. It's where celebrities live. It's where athletes live. Just anybody and everybody we read about lives there. And I got to spend almost five years working at a high-end sushi restaurant, networking with these people and having conversations like we're having right now on a regular basis. But for me, the attraction really wore off quick. I was starting to really get the inside perspective into 
people's mindsets with money. And I started to learn very quickly that money does not equal happiness. That's, that's this falsity that we have been sold on. And these are people who on the surface and we think have everything, they have all the toys and all the cars, but they're still chasing something. They're still looking for self. They are disconnected from, from themselves, them families. They're on their fifth, sixth, seventh marriages. You know, I, I learned everybody has something. And so as I was stripping these layers away of really figuring out, okay, this is not what I want in my life now. I've, I've done a good job figuring out what I don't want in my life. So what is it that I do want in my life? And so I decided to take three months off. And I took three months and I backpacked and did a very amazing but conventional, not conventional, but typical 20-something-year-old trip around Europe. Just partied every day, different city every two days, just meeting awesome people, connecting to new cultures. And I came back from that trip and went back to the routine of working at the restaurant and just a lot of patterns and things that weren't serving me very well. I was stepping right back into old habits. And a few months later, I decided I, I needed more. I needed to get out in the world some more. And so I requested to take six months off this time. And I took six months off and I went to Southeast Asia and India. And at first I didn't even, was I wanted to go to Indonesia to surf and Thailand to experience, you know, the Buddhist culture, the food, just the everything about Thailand drew me there. Mm-hmm. And so Christmas Day, I was sitting in a little room in Indonesia and I looked at a world map and I saw, wow, I'm this close to, to India. Holy cow, I, I've got to go. So I figured out mm-hmm. a way to get a visa and I booked myself into a 30-day, 200-hour yoga teacher training in India. And that radically changed my life. Um, I thought that I was gaining the new tools to bring back to the Western world to become a yoga teacher. And I was so excited to share this. And so when my training ended, I spent about two months and I traveled all around India. And like I said, just radically changed my life. That is one of the most magical places on earth. And I came back to the States with this whole this whole new toolbox, all these tools, these ancient wisdom from the yogis in the East. And like I said, I thought I was bringing them to the world. And the universe had something else in store. I was home for two weeks and I was driving home from work and I was hit head on in a car collision. And I had both my legs broken, scarring all over my body and a whole lot of trauma to heal. Everything that I had worked hard, my surfing, hiking, outdoor lifestyle, my job, everything was taken away from me in a blink of an eye. And I was stuck in my bed for close to a year. This is why I needed to go to India first. I needed to get these tools in order to incorporate them and live them myself before sharing them with others. So that year was a year of deep introspection, reflection, going within and starting my healing journey. And as soon as I was well enough to walk again, I booked myself into a 12-day, five-ceremony shamanic healing retreat in the Andes Mountains of Ecuador. Ceremony two was one of the most freeing and transformative nights of my life in about 18 hours. It was the hardest 18 hours of my life, but I chose to release and let go of 20 years worth of baggage that was no longer serving me. And a lot of it tied back to me never really learning how to cope the death of my father. 
and I finally got the chance to release that. So after that ceremony, I went to the owner of the center and I just said, I, I have to be a part of what's going on here. I, I have so much more work to do on myself. I need to learn how to be here for others, how to show up in this world. She said, come back in three months and, and you can live here, you can work here. So I went back to Los Angeles and I sold everything that I owned down to a 44 liter backpack, traveled around Europe for three months to kill the time in between moving my life to Ecuador. I worked at a surf lodge in Portugal for a little while, visited friends all over. And then I moved my life to this healing center. And for six months, I was part of close to 200 people's very, very personal and very unique healing journeys. I was head of the kitchen. I was the lead yoga instructor, just retreat facilitator, just doing everything that needs to be done to host a life-changing retreat for each person, learning so much about myself, learning so much about our world and, and our connection to, to Mother Earth. And what I say now is our disconnection to Mother Earth of the need to connect back to self, to source. So after six months, I just knew my time there was coming to a close and I moved to a little fishing village on the coast of Ecuador. I was the only gringo in this tiny little town just surfed my brains out and re reintegrated back in the world. After about six months living there, uh, I again, I knew it was time trying to figure out where to go next. I had a friend say, well, I, I live in San Diego and, and I had sworn off the States. I thought I was done living in the States. She said, well, just come stay with me until you, you figure out where to go next. And I said, okay. So I, I came to San Diego, this awesome little community called Ocean Beach. It's a little kind of hippie surf community. And the second I got here, it was, I'm home. This is where I'm supposed to be right now to root, to plant, to do my work. And we will get into my work, I'm sure in a minute, but that's the, the long and the short end of, of my journey <laughs> to right now. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I mean, I have so many things I want to talk about, but I'll start um, with talking a bit about your work now. Um, your brand is called Sparks of Consciousness, which is so interesting to me. Can you share what that phrase means? Sure. Well, as you just said, you know, Sparks of Consciousness, that really sums up who I am and the work that I'm trying to, that I am doing in this world. Sparks of Consciousness comes from when I first moved back to the States from Ecuador, I was finding myself having powerful conversations with people, with complete strangers. And in a matter of a sentence or two, I, I generally don't take credit for it. I allow myself to just be present, hold space, and be a channel for what needs to be said or heard. And in a matter of a sentence or two, I was able to give somebody a glimpse of perspective that maybe radically shifts the rest of their life, that makes them see things in a whole different way. It's a true spark. It's when somebody's feeling stuck on themselves and you see a new direction or a new path and it just, yeah, it just transforms where to go. Some people call it your North Star, your purpose, the light inside, I refer to it as your inner light. Every single person has a light within them there's just been a lot of forces out there that has been keeping us dim for so long. And it's time to remember and, and reignite that or spark that consciousness within. You know, two quick examples I can give you. Um, just 
to make it a little more concrete. One was, I remember when uh, I was in Los Angeles and I had met up with a friend and she had just finished up like a blind date, a blind first date. And it was just at the end and we met up and I had met the person that she was on a date with. And I get to asking him a few questions and he starts telling me that he's from this tiny little country in Africa and he's here in LA studying music and he's here on a full scholarship. But as he was saying this, there was no excitement behind it. It was a lot of stress behind his talk. And you could just tell he was really beating himself up because he had this idea of what success is. Success for him was something way down the line of, okay, I'm here now, but I'm here because I have to make it. If I don't make it, quote unquote, make it. And it was, again, I can't do it justice for exactly what was said, but I helped him shift his perspective of taking, taking um, scope of where he's at right now like we can all do right now. Look where we're at right now and think of all the steps that we had to take to get us to where we are today and have gratitude for it. And so I'm, I look at him, I said, man, you've already hit success. You're not going to achieve success if you believe you're not already successful. You're going to keep pinching it off and you're going to keep setting higher and higher benchmarks. It's never going to be attainable. It's like, man, you're from this tiny little country in Africa. What are the odds that you've made it to Los Angeles, the home of where you get found and you're here on a full ride. And it's like, you need to really start recognizing that like you're already on this path to success, start feeling it today. So that was a really powerful, what I call spark of consciousness. Mm -hmm. I felt something shift in him immediately and he actually broke down in tears and it was just like, wow, just so mm -hmm. much thanks for that. And another quick little story, uh, kind of in a different, from a different angle of a spark of consciousness was I do a lot of work around the power of gratitude and how powerful it is. And not only to say your, your please and thank yous, but to really look back at the hardest times in your life and say thank you. And I had a, a dear friend and she had been divorced for many years and she had a little daughter with her ex-husband. And there was so much resentment and anger you know, that comes with relationships ending and especially divorces. And we were sitting on a beach one day and I asked her to really reflect and find where she can have gratitude for who her ex-husband is, of let go of what's not serving her and the anger. And I said, the second that you can look him in the eye and wholeheartedly say, thank you for being in my life, thank you for the lessons that you've taught me, even though they haven't been easy, is the second you'll free yourself. And we left that conversation and she called me the next day. She said, I called my husband, my ex-husband that night, and we both broke down and I just want to thank you because I, I, I can feel it now. I have so much gratitude for who he is. And it, that one conversation just changed the dynamic of our entire relationship. So to me, these are like, this is what a spark of consciousness is. It's when you see that fork in the road and then you realize there's another way to go as opposed to the ways that society has told us is the only way we need to go. Wow, that's so cool. Um, I, I mean, I completely resonate um, with both of those examples, gratitude, especially. Um, and, you know, just I keep thinking lately about how, you know, five, um, five years ago, me would be amazed at where I am today. And just all the things I was working for, a lot of them I have now. And a lot of us, you know, we grow so much in the span of five years, but we sometimes stop to think about um, and celebrate how far we've come now and are just looking towards the next five years and how much we haven't done yet. 
So I really like that you yeah, brought that up. Yeah, it's like that deferred lifestyle. You know, so many of us lead of I'll be happy when. And we set these these arbitrary guidelines. And then, and then the when usually comes. Mm -hmm. But by then, it's like, well, I'm, I still don't feel it. So I'll be happy when again. And it's like, you need to look back mm -hmm. on your five years. How awesome for you. And I hope that you spend time and, and everybody listening, spend time on the past five years and, and reflect on those challenges mm -hmm. and just just fill yourself up with the love of you're still here. You're still doing your work. You're still making it. We're still charging forward. There's so much purpose for you. And so many of us are just starting to step into it. So be excited for what's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. Um, and so staying on Sparks of Consciousness, uh, which, you know, as we talked about is now your brand, how was the brand itself born? And maybe you can talk a bit about what you do now. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of talked about how I was born of just coming back. And I was, I was having these conversations with people of, uh, mm -hmm. and I could feel it. And it's just those are the words that came to me of like, this is describing what these conversations are. These are sparks of consciousness. It's, it, it, it's mm -hmm. totally on the other person. I'm, I'm again, I'm here to facilitate and hold space for it. What I'm doing now with that is I'm, I'm creating, I mean, I, I have the brand around it and I'm creating all the content that comes with it. My, my whole intention is just to be able to be a guide for others, to help others shed layers, to find purpose within and more fulfillment and put out good stuff in our world, put out good stuff on the internet. So I am a, I'm a certified life coach and I work with people one-on-one -on -one a lot with accountability, purpose, success, and manifestation. I recently just finished um, a self-guided, I'm calling it the self-guided life alchemy, eight day masterclass on manifestation. And manifestation is a tool that I have used my entire life to achieve and gain abundance in all aspects. And so this course is, it takes no longer than 15 minutes per day. It's over the course of eight days. And I introduce a different grounding technique, you know, coming to the present moment and learning about being present, what that means, how to come to that space, how to do your work in that space. So each day we start off with a different grounding technique that you'll be able to use pretty much for the rest of your life. And then we go into that day's theme. Like I said, there's eight days. We start with creating a vision. What is your vision? Like as big or as broad or amazing as you want it to be, let's just start there. Let's talk about each step, how to build a desire around it, how to accept it, how to create intention behind it, how to take action. And then at the peak is gratitude. So this is my first offering of many. I'll be working on a communications course soon, teaching people kind of how to connect in the world. This is something I love doing. It's just bringing people together and building community. So in, in a whole sense, that is the holistic kind of outlook of what Sparks of Consciousness is. That's very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, on manifestation, you mentioned that briefly. Uh, do you have a favorite personal manifestation story? Maybe um, something crazy or exciting that you, you know, intentionally brought into your life? Yeah, I, 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 great question. Thank you. I love reflecting on my manifestation stories because I'm sitting in a home. Like I said, I showed up to the back to this country with a 44 liter backpack, and now I'm sitting in. Well, what I'm defining, what I define as my dream home filled with more stuff than I can ever imagine, more surfboards and, and material things. And my whole life is a product of manifestation and using these skills. 
And I believe that the more that you practice manifestation and tap into that power, the quicker things come. So a couple, maybe like mm -hmm. two stories I'd like to share is the first one on a material sense yeah. is, is my home that I live in. So like I said, I live in this community, Ocean Beach, and it's filled with these kind of 60 style surf cottages. You know, when I, for me on my path where I'm at in my life, I'm not wanting the mansion in Malibu right now. And I believe that if, if there's a time where I desire it, I have the tools and I know that the steps to take to achieve it. But when I left the healing center in Ecuador and moved to the coast, my biggest wish list was I want to live on, on a surf break. I want to live on the beach. I want to have a little surf house. And, and to me, that was the image of fulfilling my dreams. And sure enough, I did. And for six months, it was, it was awesome. There was definitely some drawbacks. You know, you're in a developed country and they're on a whole different schedule when it comes to partying. You know, their parties last like days, just nonstop. And it's just, it was, it was a lot. And there was a lot of reasons why I wasn't supposed to stay there longer. But look at that. And it's like, I wasn't paying much to live there. And then they would think, okay, well, I could never do that in the States. It would be too expensive. And I think that when it comes to manifestation, this is one of the biggest blocks that people come across of like, you're thinking about buying land, but the first thing that goes across your mind is like, I could never afford that. Or you want a nice car. It's like, I could never afford that. When I work with people, it's like money comes about four or five steps down the line. You have to build your vision. And it's amazing the way the universe can work to plot, to help you get what it is without, without taking the finances or resources that, that again, were conditioned. So I, I'm in San Diego and San Diego is one of, you know, it's a very expensive place to live. A lot of people say, and I find, I set my intention leaving Ecuador. This is what I want on a, on a, on a material sense. I want the, the surf cottage. I want to live as close to the water as I can afford. I want to maintain my lifestyle of surfing every day and having freedom over my time and, and all the things that were on my, my, uh, my list and the, the non-negotiables and I get to this town and, and I hunt for apartments for, I don't know, I saw like a hundred apartments in like three weeks. I was living on a friend's couch. So I was like, I gotta get out of his couch. I need my own space. And I found this, this it was a decent apartment on a second story. And it was an interior facing apartment. There was very little airflow, not much natural light. It served its purpose for the first year. The great thing that came from that is I had this little balcony right out front my front door, or outside my front door. And every single day, I would look down on this little surf cottage, my next door neighbors. And it was, it was my dream home. It had this, has a little front yard, a white, little white picket fence. It's like a 600 square foot house, like two blocks from the beach, right near some of the best surf that I think I have ever found. I love, I love the surf in San Diego. And every day I, I would stand on this balcony and I would visualize me living there. And I had no idea how this would happen. I didn't know the landlord. I barely knew the people living here. And like I said, every day. And I would picture it and I would visualize it and I would see myself living there. I'd feel it. And sure enough, down to pretty much the week that my lease expired on my first apartment, I had become better acquaintances with the people who were living here. And they told me one morning that they're moving. And one thing led to the next and I said, can I talk to your landlord? 
and I spoke to the landlord and, and it just effortlessly fell into place for me moving here. And my landlord, I mean, it's amazing too because I know a lot of people on my street who are paying more than double what I'm paying for it. And it's just like, it's not random. It's, it's the power of, I manifested my home. I manifested my whole lifestyle here. So that's a good story on, on a material thing of holding the object so strong in my mind and, and not talking myself out of the, I could never, or I don't have enough, or I need more money. It's just, it was just trusting that it would show up how it did and it showed up perfectly. And the other quick story, oh, thank you. <laughs> I love it, yeah, every day it's just more and more gratitude. It, it never, it's like I wake up, I'm like, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the other story, I, I, I'll title it, I'll call it uh, Bikes and Bears like the animal. So uh, right at the beginning of, or middle of last year, I, my, my girlfriend and I went to Mammoth Lakes up in Northern California. Mammoth is just, wow. It was my first time there. We did some paddle boarding. It's awesome. And I've, I've, like I've said, I've traveled around. I've been to you know, Sequoia Forest and Yosemite and some of these amazing, amazing natural wonders of our world. And I've always said, I want to see a bear, like in real life not in a zoo. I want to see a bear in its natural habitat. I'm so drawn to this creature. They're just so cool to me. And the whole drive up to Mammoth, I was like, I want to see a bear. Like, I, I just have a feeling we're going to see some bears. And sure enough, it was like day three and we were going for a sunset walk and we're sitting on this lake on this big tree that had fallen down. So we're sitting on the stump of this tree and there's this family across the water taking pictures and I hear them yelling at us and they said, hey guys, hey, Hey, uh, th there's a bear coming. And we're like, what? And it was like, if you remember those <laughs> clips from like, um, like British cartoons where the police are chasing the guy and it's like, doo, 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 doo. and it's like, I swear it was, it was kind of <laughs> like that. You saw us get up off this log and, and run away, but this bear was within feet of us and it, it wasn't aggressive. It was just, he was in his habitat and they got it all on camera for us. So it was like this amazing keepsake <laughs> of, memorabilia of, of this creature that I, I believe I manifested him. I knew I needed to see it. And then the next night I went to go use the restroom, you know, walking away from our campsite. And there he was again, crossing the street, just in his habitat. And so the bikes part of this journey comes in that it was coming to our last day and we were going to, it was the night before our last morning where we were going to leave. And we were driving home from a hike and my girlfriend had said to me, it would be so fun to rent bicycles because they've set it up really well there for biking. She said, it'd be really great to rent some bicycles. And I said, well, we're leaving kind of early and you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to spend like a hundred bucks to rent two bikes for, for an hour or two. I, I, you know, I don't know if it's feasible this time. And we had stayed in this certain campground for two nights and there was people right next to us and they were living or staying in, they had like a big camper van all decked out and we were in our tent kind of doing it our, our style. And we hadn't really talked to this couple at all, even though they were right next door. And we got back to the campsite. And honest guy, this is about five minutes after she said that, like, I'd like to get some bikes. And we get back to the campsite and we literally just make eye contact with our neighbors. And we say, hey, like, how are you guys doing? Where are you from? And within about three sentences, the husband of this couple 
says to us, hey, we have these two bikes if you guys want to use them tomorrow. And we didn't say a <laughs> word about us biking or anything. He offered them up just out of nowhere. And he said, yeah, if you want to use them tomorrow morning, like we're not going to be using them. We saw you guys. If you want to use them to ride around, feel free. And it was, again, it was like in this moment, we put it out there. We just set this intention out to the universe. And within seconds, it was responded to us with this free offering. We didn't have to pay anything. We created a new friendship out of it. We had woke up in the morning and rode bikes all around, and then we got to drive home. So bikes and bears, that was an awesome manifestation trip in <laughs> itself. I love that. And yeah, it's kind of like the universe is saying, oh, you don't want to pay for bikes? Yeah, no problem. that happens I got you. all the time. <laughs> I love that. And I think, I mean, tell me if you agree, but I think making note of those things and being grateful for those um, manifestations in the moment opens you up to receive thousand percent. More. So here's a little insight. This is a phrase that comes from my mother. This is something that we've been practicing my entire life. And it's, thank you more, please. And anybody who hears this, please feel free to start adopting this because mm -hmm. it's so powerful. And it's, we, we say it as one word in my family. It's thank you more, please. And it's this idea of, of course, expressing gratitude for everything and all the abundance you have in your life but when you add on that more please it allows yourself to stay open to ask for what's next that you don't have to pinch things off that when you manifest or receive a blessing like that it it doesn't need to end there you need to have gratitude but you can always ask for more that this world that we live in this this god source or universe or whatnot is so abundant and so giving all you need to do is ask so thank you more, please. And the more you use that, mm -hmm. things will start flooding into your life like crazy. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm definitely going to start using that. <laughs> Tell your mom thanks. That's such a great saying. Um, moving to a little bit of a different topic, what is uh, your current favorite wellness practice that maybe you employ in your life? Yeah. So... Wellness to me is we need to pay attention to how we're connecting with ourselves, how we're connecting to our environment, and how we're connecting to others. So when it comes to favorite wellness practice, I definitely have a few. And as I mentioned, you know, surfing is a huge part of my life. And it's not only the physical aspect of it, it it's what connects me to nature. It's what provides me, it's my biggest form of meditation, of being out in the ocean and just being so present. You have to be and learn how to be so present and in the flow state in order to catch a wave. And then when dolphins come up, like the most magical experience seeing dolphins and seals mm -hmm. and, and it's just, that is, that is my biggest outlet with nature. And for everyone listening, it's like, find what your surfing is. This is mine, but Get, get outside. We all need to spend more time outside, regardless of what your weather is, wherever you're listening from. It's like bundle up. That's why we have awesome clothes and stuff. It's like, but get outside and find what, mm -hmm. what fuels you because we are part of nature. We're not removed. So surfing, you know, I'm, I'm big on guitar. That's another mm -hmm. form of therapy. You know, when the sun goes down and I need something to do, I love playing music and I play it for me. I learn so much and it's just getting into this headspace. In terms of more connection with self, daily meditation, you know, it's this word that is thrown around 
everywhere right now and everybody has their own opinion and idea of what man or of what meditation is and for a lot of people that word scares them because it's it means sitting with yourself and going silence and it it is frightening but it is the most underrated tool i think available to us that when you start practicing meditation regularly the benefits are immeasurable like every day i'm you know i i mm -hmm. usually start my day with 20 to 30 minutes and end it with 20 to 30 minutes. And it doesn't always mean that I just sit in silence. There's so many resources for guided meditations out there that will help you with whatever you're feeling, whether you're anxious or depressed or sad or happy or joyful, you can fit, find things that are catered exactly to what it is that you need to work on. So meditation is, is by far the, the best wellness mm -hmm. practice. And, and the last one, the last piece of connecting with others of kind of how, how you and I have met, of I love building my global community. Mm -hmm. And we're in this day and age right now where we can do it digitally. We're forced to do it digitally because a lot of us can't travel right now. So get outside your comfort zone and start requesting online to do meet and greets with people. Find somebody who you admire and send them a quick message and ask them for 20, 30 minutes of their time and just have a no hidden agenda conversation. Just connect with people. We need to keep these connections going. So I do this mm -hmm. every day. I have different calls with people and it's just, let's just share our stories and see if there's a place where we can support one another. And that's a very, very strong wellness practice. And, and I'm seeing it around us. Our mental health is mm -hmm. deteriorating because of what we're all going through with this pandemic and we need more human connection. So use the tools available to us right now to create more human connection. Definitely. I love all of those. <laughs> um, I want to touch on meditation a little bit because you're right. Like, I'm so grateful that we live in a time where we can just type in exactly what we're looking for and receive it back. Like, if you're feeling anxious, you can do anxious morning meditation five minutes and you will find that exact thing. So there's no shame in, you know, if you've never meditated before doing a five minute or a one minute yeah. <laughs> meditation, start, just start with to, three breaths, that's just it. to have just a place to start. Breaths and that's just start mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. So speaking of being new, what if somebody is brand new to all of this, like manifestation, maybe spirituality, living intentionally, What's one thing that they can start with to kind of start on this journey? I mean, I have a lot of one things, a lot of ideas for one things. Uh, I think the, the biggest theme is, is more <laughs> dreaming and less fearing. Of tap, tap into that inner child that's inside of you that has been told at a young age to be realistic or, you know, I'm not good enough these these self-limiting beliefs that have held us back of really listen to that inner child and then ask that inner child, what, what were my dreams? What are my dreams today? And don't pinch them off. So, so soon start mm -hmm. dreaming it, start feeling whatever it is, is, like I said earlier, as big as you want it to be, if you can dream it, you can manifest it. This is like proven stuff that it's, it's only up to you to talk yourself out of it. So you need to trust. That's a big, big piece of all this work of when you set intention and when you create these these mm -hmm. dreams it's like you have to trust and then you have to show up after you've put this out there it's like 
I ask myself every day and I encourage all my clients and anybody I talk to of ask yourself, what is one thing, just one thing that I can do today that gets me closer to my goal? Just one, the smallest little step. Mm -hmm. And that compounds over time. You take that tiny little step outside. Okay, this, this has been holding me back. How can I send one email right now to somebody? How can I set up one conversation and just trust that that's going to lead you to the next, to the next? Mm-hmm. That's great. That's a great <laughs> one place to start for sure. Um, now for the question I ask all my listeners, um, what are all my listeners, all my guests, I mean, um, what does living in? Oh, it's a good question to, to ask your listeners too. <laughs> so everybody listening, t- take a moment yeah. <laughs> and ask yourself that question. I mean, I, I think I've shared a lot of living intentionally. Uh, the biggest piece right now is not right now, but forever is gratitude of how can you express gratitude for everything you've been through in your life and for all the blessings you have? How can I show up and be my authentic self and ask who and how can I serve today? You know, I've found that tapping into my purpose and defining success is how can I share my gifts with the world? How can I show up to be of service to better our world? So living intentionally is understanding that for me also, it's, it's a lot of the self-study, continuously doing what I call the work of the, the inner work to shed old layers of myself, to understand what the power of vibration is, mm-hmm. of when you're having a bad day, and we all have them, you know, I don't, I don't put on fronts and pretend that I'm super happy when I'm not super happy, but it's the awareness that when I step outside my door, if I'm having a rough day, I notice that what I'm attracting around me is feeding that bias so if i'm having a high vibration day Mm -hmm. it's how can i share this to to spark those around me and it doesn't always have to be through words it's just through living so when you understand your vibration of like how am i showing up in the world do i always have this gray cloud over my head or is the sun always shining on me and that's all a matter of perspective you know i saw something that recently i said you Mm -hmm. see the world the way that you see yourself and that is so powerful to me. Of that is mm. that is perspective, all tied into one sentence. Of how you feel inside is how you're gonna see everything around you. And the last thing for living intentionally, you know, this is this is like a, a call to action for people of for this modern day and age we're living in. I'm promoting and trying to share with people this idea of learning how to smile with your eyes. You know, we're all covered up by masks right now and mm. our facial expressions are, are very minimal and it's very hard to read people. But when you can really practice making eye contact and smiling with your eyes, you're going to see amazing, amazing things happen in your life because it's the energy you're giving off. People pick up on it. We need to keep looking at each other. I see so many of us walking down the street and we're staring down at the ground because we're fearful to make eye contact or we're taking 50 steps out of, out of the way of somebody coming on to us. And to each their own on precautions to take with, with this environment we're navigating, but you can always beam light. You can always beam love and you can always learn how to smile with your eyes. Oh, I love that. I, that's something that I try to do as well. And just trying to like 
infuse joy into every interaction. Like even if you're at the grocery store checking out, like doing that like five second extra eye contact or how are you or something to your cashier, it, it like it doesn't take any effort. It doesn't cost anything, but I think it makes such a big difference in Absolutely. your day and their day. So I appreciate that you brought that up. Um, and I mean, on that, that's a great way to kind of end it with that call to action. And hopefully everyone can, you know, take that with them after listening to this. Um, and as well, after listening to this, how can people connect with you? Um, because I'm I sure hope that so. they're going to want like to. Like I said, I just, I love connecting with people, no matter what, who you are and where you're from. It's like, send, send a message of, appreciation or that you gain something or that you've learned something new from this conversation because it means the world and it helps support these kinds of talks to continue so reach out you know my website is sparksofconsciousness.com um, the life alchemy masterclass is on there i can guide you to to enroll in that if you're interested in doing that we can talk further i recently in the past like two months finally came to and created an Instagram. So I'm new to that world, but you know, on a superficial front, I definitely could use followers mm -hmm. on that. And I, I think I post some cool stuff. So mm -hmm. Sparks of Consciousness on Instagram, you can email me at Jared yeah. at sparksofconsciousness.com or reach out on LinkedIn, um, Jared Schuster, same on Facebook. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insight. Well, thank you. That was such and, a great and conversation. Yeah, I'm so happy to have connected with you. And I just respect that your whole focus is on sharing how to live more intentionally with the world. So th thank you for doing your work and showing up.